Hey, Bankless Nation. Today, I'm talking with three members of Klima DAO. Klima is a fork off of uh, Olympus DAO, which is a treasury-backed uh, algo stablecoin. But Klima has repurposed that same model to help sequester carbon out of the environment. And this is a climate-focused DAO that is generating a currency that is backed by carbon credits. So there's it's one part uh, offering financial exposure to carbon credits, which have been a fantastically performing asset in 2020. And uh, from what I've gathered, uh, this is an asset that as carbon gets more and more expensive, which the trend is that it does get more and more expensive, this treasury asset by Klimadao also in theory would go up in value. Uh, this, uh, this project is tackling the idea of making carbon production extremely expensive, while also uh, allowing uh, nonprofits or companies that actually sequester carbon and actually earn carbon credits that make them more valuable, right? So it's just net positive in the sense that it disincentivizes carbon production and incentivizes carbon sequestering. Uh, this project really gets me excited because it's one of the core like foundational principles of crypto that we can coordinate at larger scales than nation states because nation states aren't solving the climate problem. Maybe they can help mitigate it. Maybe there's some efforts that's happening, but in terms of actually like really turning this whole like climate change thing around, I think it's going to take uh, coordination scales that are larger than what we've currently have, which has always been um, why crypto has been so exciting, like coordination around larger problems. And that's what I see coming out of Klima Dow. So let's go ahead and get right into this interview with the folks from Klima Dow. They were fantastic interviewers. Uh, they were, they're all anonymous. So there's only my face that you're going to see, but you're going to see their little uh, avatars light up when they speak. Um, and then if you're watching on the podcast, don't even uh, worry about that. Um, and, and overall, they were fantastic guests, uh, very hard hitting, very precise in their speech. So they were, they were uh, just lovely to interview. So let's go ahead and get right into that interview. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Hey guys, in the second half of the show, we dive even. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. It's almost $3 billion. This mountain of capital is looking for labor. Do you have something of value to contribute to the Uniswap DAO? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at unigrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. That's exactly what we did to get Uniswap to be a sponsor for Bankless, and you can do the same for your project. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. Balancer is a powerful platform for flexible automated market makers. Typical AMMs just have two tokens inside of one liquidity pool, which can lead to fractured liquidity across the many pairs in DeFi. With Balancer, you can access the full power of multiple tokens inside of one single AMM, which unlocks an entirely new playing field of possibility. This makes Balancer an awesome building block for so many different use cases. 
Balancer pools can make asset indices, but instead of paying fees to portfolio managers, Balancer lets you collect the fees from traders who use your portfolio for liquidity. Additionally, Balancer smart pools can be programmed to have properties that change according to predetermined rules, such as changing the swap fee based on market conditions, or even liquidity bootstrapping pools, which can help you launch and distribute your token with day one liquidity. At Bankless, we use a liquidity bootstrapping pool to sell our BAP t-shirts to much success. Balancer V2 brings powerful new features that makes your money work even harder for you. In V2, idle tokens are capable of generating yield in DeFi without sacrificing liquidity in the pool using Balancer's asset managers. Balancer's vault architecture lets you trade between Balancer pools at a fraction of the cost versus trading on other platforms. Balancer's mission is to become the primary source of liquidity in DeFi by providing the most flexible and powerful platform for asset management and decentralized exchange. Dive into the Balancer pools at app.balancer.fi. All right, Bankless Nation, I am here with three team members from Klima DAO, which is a carbon-backed digital currency and algorithmic climate protocol. And today we are going to find out what the hell that means and more about what Klima DAO actually is. Uh, so guys, you guys want to take turns introducing yourself, starting with uh, Dionysus. Cheers, David. Uh, great to be here. Um, so yes, I'm Dionysus. Uh, I have a background in, in carbon markets and in the environmental field, uh, ranging from project development and ecosystem restoration, uh, remote sensing technologies, etc. cetera, uh, and been a big fan of, of DeFi over the years and, and luckily hooked up with the right people to help make Klima happen. So that's me. Fantastic. Archimedes, how about you? Yeah, great. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks, David, for having us. Um, I'm, I'm mostly an engineer. I've built everything from MVP to production grade stuff in all sorts of fields in DeFi uh, under a number of names. <laughs> and so um, really stoked to be working on something too. And like, uh, I also have a background in, in carbon markets and building ecosystems in that space too. Fantastic. And I'm going to try and not butcher this name, but here it goes. Uh, Oxylos, Oxylos. Yeah. Uh, how's that? How was that? And then also, uh, tell me about yourself. That was great. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, again, great to be here as well. So I sit right between the other two, basically. So I'm uh, also an engineer, but I've been like diving deep in carbon markets for a long time now, and kind of building stuff at the intersection of crypto and climate, kind of like merging the two, and um, with a special focus on DAOs. And here we are building a DAO that is actually um, doing exactly that, bringing all these pieces together. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get right into it. What is DAO? What are its goals? Um, and why do we need it? And I'll let you guys decide who should answer that first. Okay, I'll, I'll take this on because I think I've done a thousand mm -hmm. pitches at this point to various people. Um, so DAO, what is it? Well, basically we are, we're using the mechanics of Olympus uh, to basically create a non-chain demand for carbon offsets. And the way the reason for this is basically you want to create demand and basically suck up the supply of carbon offsets and place them in the treasury and create a currency that's issued and backed by carbon offsets. So using carbon as the, the um, denomination of currency value. And why do we need this? Well, there's a number of reasons why we need this, but primarily it's 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 to drive the price of carbon up and basically to create pressure on individuals, corporations, everybody who are pre basically purchasing offsets to actually do something about their footprint instead of buying their way out of it. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to uh, interrupt you guys and just like you know check my understanding every now and then. And Please so my, my understanding is that there there are these carbon credits out there 
uh, carbon credits are not anything to do with crypto. They are, you know, credits like uh, generated by government policy uh, to allow some sort of free market to help uh, manage the control of carbon. Uh, and you guys are trying to uh, capture and hoard as much carbon credits as possible using the same, using a fork of Olympus DAO. And the idea is that if you generate a currency that is backed by these carbon credits, the carbon credit treasury grows and grows and grows, which is kind of like a pseudo way to sequester carbon from the world by hoarding carbon credits using crypto tools. Is that right? It's it's pretty close. Um, it's basically, there's a difference, right? Because you're, you're touching carbon credits. So there's a difference between the compliance market, which you just mentioned, which is, you know, governments that give out the right to pollute, which are also called emission allowances, and then the what are called carbon offsets, which are generally uh, carbon projects with actually plant trees or, uh, you know, renewable energy projects that are created and then um, audited by third party standards and then create these carbon offsets, which um, are not really uh, government controlled. But so that's called the voluntary carbon market. And uh, Klimadao starts by interacting with this latter one, so the voluntary carbon market, which is the only true global carbon market out there, right? Because mm. um, the other ones are always uh, linked to a certain jurisdiction. So we start off uh, with the voluntary carbon market. With so carbon this is like an, an opt-in market. No one is forcing exactly. companies, but they just do it of their own uh, exactly, incentives yeah. just be, to be good entities in the world. In the world. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you hear, you know, the Microsoft or the BlackRock of the world coming out with, we're going to be carbon neutral, or even we're going to, you know, compensate for our historic footprint, what they talk about is exactly this, uh, this market, the voluntary market, um, which has been growing like quite, quite a lot this last year, because more and more companies come out and make claims um, about, you know, their climate targets. So, um, but, you know, definitely the Dionysus is even is the guy to talk to if you want to know much more about the intrinsic, like the, all of the intricacies of this market. Totally. Yeah, Archimedes, Dionysus, you guys have anything to add? Uh, yeah, I just say that, you know, there's a number of factors right now that are really driving the voluntary carbon, uh, carbon market forward. One, you have like massive commitments by different corporates because of consumer pressure oftentimes that, you know, we want to be buying products that are green or that have less impact on the environment. So these companies are internalizing that, that negative environmental cost um, and, you know, they're rectifying that through the purchase of carbon offsets. And I think the, the key piece with carbon offsets um, is that these are delivering finance to sustainability projects around the world that are helping to either mitigate the release of carbon emissions mm. uh, or actually remove them from the atmosphere. So on the removal side, you have things like afforestation projects, you know, simply planting trees or, or mangroves. Uh, and on the mitigation side, you have projects you know, such as solar or uh, wind energy installations that are, you know, basically stopping fossil fuels uh, from being, um, you know, feeding electricity into the grid. Instead, you're doing it in a renewable way. Okay, so uh, check my learning on that one. Uh, there are a bunch of projects, nonprofits, entities, maybe even companies that are uh, are able to produce carbon offset credits based off of what they are doing. And uh, A, is that correct? And then B, because when they produce these carbon offset credits, if they are higher valued in the market, these companies are more sustainable, more fundable, more uh, profitable, and therefore more sustainable. Yeah, there's a really foundational piece uh, to the voluntary carbon market and carbon offset projects in general. And that's this idea of additionality. And what that means is that all of these projects wouldn't have happened, let's say naturally in the market, unless they were given this additional finance 
from the sale of carbon offsets. Mm -hmm. So for instance, um, you know, next year, you won't be able to produce carbon offsets from renewable projects in countries like, you know, the United States or in Europe, because renewables in those countries, uh, you know, they're already cost competitive with fossil fuels. You don't need the additional finance to make them realized, essentially. But you'll still be able to issue offsets from renewable projects in places like India, for instance, where, you know, you still need that extra nudge to make sure that instead of producing another coal, uh, coal-powered uh, power plant, you're instead uh, erecting wind turbines, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but the, the original um, like model that I gave, I want to just double check and make sure that's true. Uh, Klimadao is trying to purchase and hoard as much credits as possible in order to like add scarcity to the secondary market, which uh, is, is good because that makes producing carbon more expensive and it also makes sequestering carbon or all these renewable sources more profitable. That, that's the model? 100%, yeah. So, I mean, you can think of essentially we're, we're game-stopping almost the, the voluntary carbon market, right? So we're creating, we're using the um, incentive structure <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. We, we're, <laughs> we're using the incentive structure that, uh, to mm-hmm. drive more and more demand for these carbon credits. So we, by reducing the supply, we drive up the price, which makes um, compensating your emissions actually more costly, which will drive polluters to actually remove, reduce their emissions, which is what we want to be seeing, right? And furthermore, there's like, a, I think, a, an additional component that we haven't touched on, which is we're democratizing the access also to this asset class, which you know all the experts are quite... Um, mm agreeing upon that the price of carbon is definitely going to increase in the coming years. And um, what Klima does, it actually ex- like allows DeFi users to you know, be part of that, right? Be part of that rising market and actually um, help drive the price up, right? Because it's like this, this um, positive reinforcement loop, which means that the more people um, bring carbon offsets to the Klima protocol, the more, the less there is supply on the market so the intrinsic value of the treasury grows, which we're basically contributing to the price of it actually increasing. So um, I think this is, I think this is the most powerful um, component of it actually. So I do want to dive into more crypto stuff, but one, one more question on the basics incentives around these carbon credits, because that's like an area I'm super unfamiliar with. If the, since this is an opt-in voluntary like economy, if the cost of carbon goes up, won't that just disincentivize participation and people will be like, okay, well, it was fun to help be a part of this economy and do good for the planet when it only costs us like a couple basis points. But if the cost of carbon goes up and it actually starts to like, you know, immaterially impact the profitability of companies, won't they just like opt out and be like, well, that was fun. But like now, now we, st- we want to make sure we're profitable as possible. So like now that this is expensive, we don't want to do this anymore. Like what, what's stopping people from doing that? It, it's a great question. And I think to, to kind of illustrate why uh, carbon offsets are still such a powerful tool and, and companies are, are really internalizing these costs, regardless of, of some of the things that are going on financially, probably the best year ever for the voluntary carbon market happened uh, during this, this COVID-induced economic downturn. So mm-hmm. even though you know this is really hitting companies' bottom lines in many cases, there's just so much evidence. And I, I think companies realize like we have to do something in the climate crisis and offsets provide this really streamlined way to deliver finance to projects, which are going to have positive uh, climate effects in the years to come, which is in everybody's best interest. Archimedes, to add, I just want to add, yeah. Yeah, to add to that, like, you can opt out for sure, like, if it becomes too expensive for you. Um, 
but then you're going to face like huge backlash, right? Because a lot of these companies that are opting in right now, they are basically signaling to everyone that they're doing something about what their footprint is. But, you know, they're only, if they're only doing it when it's profitable for them, then like, obviously they're going to get called out harshly for that. And that's not, you know, the route they want to be perceived at. Like, you know, you, you will definitely like, it'll then become a cost reduction exercise elsewhere. Right. So like, if I know that offsets cost me $300 a ton, but it costs me $60 a ton to do, do something internally, like reduce my emissions from some sort of, you know, uh, power plant output or something, I'll do that instead. Right. Like then then your commitment that you made, like saying that you're going to be carbon neutral by 2030 or 2040 or whatever you said publicly, you will then have to then look elsewhere to do to do something interesting for. Cool, guys. OK, uh, so like the, basically these these commitments are like backed by social incentives rather than like legally enforced requirements is more backed by like social legitimacy, which I mean, is a powerful force. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. I've heard somebody telling me that the voluntary carbon market is moving into a direction of being a pledge compliance market. So actually all these companies who came out making public pledges now have to comply with their own, (laughs) their own announcements basically. (laughs) And I I found this, yeah, I think this is really, for me it was really, yeah, this, this is what we have right now, right? Like it's not, and the market has always been, you know, this, Oh yeah, well, you know it's nice. We can you know offset our emissions, etc. But like now we have a different era. Basically, we're entering into an era where people understand that internalizing the cost of carbon is is just like it's just a natural way of doing things and like just creating like a an even playing ground and playing field for uh, for doing internal accounting. Even. So um, I'm personally not very worried about companies opting out. Um, if they are, I think consumer pressure will will do the rest. Okay, great. Okay, guys, let's let's dive into the crypto side of things. Um, uh, so uh, Olympus DAO is, and uh, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not super familiar with it, but uh, it's an algorithmic stablecoin, semi-backed algorithmic stablecoin project, and you guys are just forking it to um, do your own thing. Uh, is that right? Um, sort of. Like we, so we're all original omis so we're all we've all been part of the olympus uh, community from the get-go we really like the mechanics so it's a fully backed currency so every oh, okay. home that exists there's at least one die in the treasury right so you okay. know that there's an intrinsic value fundamentally to your to your currency which is a really fascinating concept i mean they introduced a whole new set of tools like um liquidity that's owned by your protocol like all sorts of stuff and like bond purchasing to actually you know purchase all that from users is, is fantastic um so we we looked at that and we said well what if we applied this to carbon markets like something we know really well we're like okay well this makes a lot of sense of these types of incentive structures like putting stuff into a treasury um you know paying for for liquidity out, outright and making sure that you have like you basically develop a whole market on chain with with the actual community itself we looked at, at olympus we're like this could be it so then we started experimenting we started thinking about okay testing here and there and then we approached them and said can we can we do it can we can we use your your contract and and, and do so and, and from the get-go it's been a collaborative effort with them like we didn't want to just be seen as a fork who took their idea and, and kind of move things on we wanted to be seen as like a improvement like we're, we're you know we're kind of advancing the tech like I, I myself contributed quite early to a lot of the tech that happened at Olympus um, a lot of the design design decisions that happened and it's fantastic because it's you know we get to give back finally so like you know we've we've written a bunch of improvements and stuff like that but 
we have their not only their blessing but like also their collaboration like we gave them a significant portion of early tokens mm. um in the form of p climas that they can exercise at a future time um basically saying like look in the future we want to work together and we want to we want to make sure that we can build something really cool we even explored the idea of like joint bonds like ohm clima bonds where you have dye exposure for clima users and then you have carbon exposure for ohm users you know stuff like that um that's all stuff that we were, were kind of from the beginning we said no let's let's not just you know let's involve them because it's, it's you know their tech that we're leveraging and you know we're using a bunch of other people's tech as well so it 100 has to be like a collaborative effort to make sure that we succeed and um and and yeah and then that's how we've been approaching it from from, from the start so it's it's really it's it's um like the whole mechanics of olympus down make a lot of sense not just for olympus themselves but like as a fundamental innovation in DeFi, like like as a primitive, a like this yeah, could be copied and forked for yeah. as needed. Yeah, like there, there's there's like a lot of talk about what pool two is, right? They're basically, that you have to constantly provide incentives in the form of liquidity mining uh, tokens or whatever to for people to maintain liquidity. And once the liquidity rewards run out, people move on to the next project, right? Which is exactly what we saw with DeFi farming you know, last year or the year before, where people were just making obscene APYs, farming and liquidity, and then leaving, right? And then and pulling the whole thing out and then the project would die. In this case, it's, the, you know, Olympus basically presented the, the solution that they will own the liquidity. So there's no risk of anyone ever leaving or pulling the liquidity out of their own protocol. That would make no sense, right? And this, to me, and many others I've seen, like people talk about it, has completely changed the relationship you have with DeFi projects because you now have this like assurance that the protocol is going to stay, right? Like they they became they earn fees off the off the trading, they they own the liquidity. Like there's a whole host of benefits that come out of it that are really really fascinating. And you know, as a primitive, I'm sure it'll become adopted in in some form or another by many many protocols where they actually end up owning the liquidity of their own. Of their own of their own protocol because you have to like it makes all the sense in the world right like you want to ensure this whereas like you know Al there was a there was like this morning actually we were talking about alchemix they spend 20 million a month or something like that on liquidity incentives which is right. nuts like that's right. that's a huge cost that you can just reduce if you just own the liquidity so anyway like long story short like we looked at this and said well, like this is fantastic let's apply it and let's modify it for for carbon and all the stuff that we really understand and and you know we've been working ever since and we got the lbp coming up on tuesday we had the ido which was super successful over over 575k raised from users they got a sweet nft made by sven oh my goodness like i, I can't talk uh, enough about how awesome that was there's so many people who were, who were telling me oh this is like the coolest nft ever um so it's 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 coming together and we're really really excited for for what this can do Hey guys, in the second half of the show, we dive even deeper into the crypto side of things. We talk about the Klima DAO token as a currency. How can it have induced demand both from inside the DAO and outside the DAO, uh, as well as just uh, how can it be used as a social uh, social signaling currency? Uh, we know people social signal with NFTs all the time. Can the Klima DAO token as a currency also be used as social signaling? Uh, that's that's I think is an interesting question. Since we all since in the uh, first half of the show we talked about how uh, the there's these opt-in climate markets which are just done because of social incentives. Can we also leverage those same social incentives to get the climate DAO token more just like you know absorbed into the world, right? Because demand for the climate DAO token creates carbon sequestering down the line. 
Uh, I asked about the roadmap, um, what's ne necessary to bootstrap the, this whole entire ecosystem. Uh, and then also the long-term, like imagine a maximally successful version of Klima DAO. What does that look like for the DAO? What does that look like for the DAO token? What does that look like for the world? How does it help change the world for a better? So all of those conversations are coming in the second half of the show. But before we get there, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Gemini just launched their earn program where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. The Aave protocol is a decentralized liquidity protocol on Ethereum, which allows users to supply and borrow certain crypto assets. Aave version two has a ton of cool features that makes using the Aave protocol even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi money Legos, yield, and composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can supply to the protocol in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have supplied collateral. Here you can see me borrowing 200 USDC against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens in ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock in that interest rate in permanently. V2 also features the ability for users to swap collateral without having to withdraw their assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. With Aave, users can do this in one seamless transaction, saving you time and gas costs. Check out the power of Aave at Aave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. Okay, so uh, you, you guys have a very clear mission and it sounds like you guys have the infrastructure to achieve those, those goals. But one of the things that needs to happen is you actually have to induce demand of the stable coin. Uh, there's a stable coin that re results, uh, out of the, the, the Klima DAO fork of, of Olympus DAO, it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on the definition of stable coin, right? Uh, I, I think you had this conversation on, 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 on your podcast, uh, at least I heard an episode about it. So it's it's not a pegged currency. Okay. It's a backed currency, right? right? So we are creating we're creating Klima, which is a token that is backed by carbon credits, uh -huh. but it's not pegged to any existing price because there is no global price for carbon, right? And this is part of the exercise here is to create something like a, a meta index that mm. can serve as something like a you know at least a signal for for the price of carbon, even though we very much oh. anticipate the price of Klima to trade at a premium. Um, of of carbon because there's obviously additional like incentives and rewards attached 
to to the klima to the klima currency. Wait, so um, are there there are two tokens, right? One's the DAO token, one's the currency token. No, so there's uh, the collateral, which mm -hmm. is um, an index token called the base carbon ton, which essentially is an carbon index token that is denominated in one ton of carbon okay. and which is essentially a token that is backed by a basket of different carbon offsets okay. from different projects and then this is essentially what replaces die which goes into olympus treasury we only mm -hmm. accept um, base carbon tons and then uh, on that basis we meant the klima currency which is really really that right it's like a it's currency token it is also the governance token of the klima dao so it um, is like the DAO token as the DAO grows, is, this in, in theory exactly. would also grow in value. Exactly. But the, the whole point here, right, is to the more base carbon ton tokens we have in the treasury, the more klima can be minted because right. mm. each klima is by, you know, policy always backed by at least one ton of carbon. So one BCT. And this means that if we have more BCT in the treasury, the protocol actually mints additional klima tokens. And it does so by rewarding people who stake Klima. So there's an, a possibility to stake your Klima to kind of go long, you know, go long in civilization and, you know, not sell. Mm -hmm. And all the people that are staking receive the newly created uh, Klima tokens. So the inflation goes to the people who huddle, basically. Right. Um, so, and this obviously creates an additional incentive or like, you know, a reward for people which um, what we see in Olympus means that the OM, which is the you know equivalent of Klima in Olympus, trades at a premium, like substantial premium, compared to the underlying, which uh, in their case is Dai, and in our case is um, the base carbon ton. So how uh, how would you characterize the uh, pricing of the Klima DAO token if it is the currency? Like uh, it's not going to appreciate in value in the same way like the Uni DAO token or the SNX DAO token would because of uh, its issuance, right? Like as more uh, collateral gets added to the treasury, more klima gets issued, which kind of kind of is what like um, you know a typical fiat currency does, right? Like as there's more in the uh, the you know Federal Reserve, the central bank, they issue more currencies to stabilize that price. Um, the details of that we can leave behind. Uh, but like, how, how is the Klima token, how would you describe it's like equilibrium of how it's going to be priced? Or or is it more like emergent? Do we even know? It's kind of hard. Cause like, if you look at Olympus and how it trades, right? Like mm -hmm. the same mechanics apply here, right? Like they have a fundamental, in theory, Olympus should only be worth $1, right? Because each ohm is worth one die. Uh, and intrinsically, right? But then there's also risk free value associated with how much like other assets they have in their treasury and basically other things that, that back this currency. Mm -hmm. um, and so it trades at a, a premium far above that, right? Like, you know, two or $300 almost. And, and the, the same is true here. Like, Klima is in many ways, yes, it's backed by carbon tons and carbon tons present like an intrinsic value, but predicting kind of the longer term what it'll trade at is, is difficult for a number of reasons, but also like, you know, how do you quantifiably measure carbon governance on chain as valuable, right? Like it's a, we will, that'll only emerge once we know like that what the market basically values that at and says like, okay, like, you know, this should trade at a 5X premium above the underlying collateral or this should trade at a 10X or hundred X, whatever. Like that is fundamentally kind of how, but that that's like, that's the, 
the premium value that's associated like in the olympus like there's a premium associated with all these people managing this thing you know the the contributor discord's like 200 people like it's ridiculous like they they work, uh, work together on all sorts of things to actually make sure the whole thing runs and uh and you know this will be no different like we already have like you know tons of people asking to, to just kind of move things together and and really um work on so that premium is, is hard to quantify because like, like you're essentially signing a price to uh you know what is the DAO worth like as right. a community, right? And and in in Olympus, a hundred percent, like it's the community is everything there, right? Like it's mm-hmm. thirteen thousand people now almost, and they are it's it's a fantastic community to be a part of. It's one of the coolest DeFi communities I've ever been in, and it's it's that's awesome. And so we're we're hoping to you know replicate something very very similar in, in what we're doing. And maybe just to add, like this is exactly the reason why we're doing a liquidity bootstrapping pool because it. You know, it's basically the best way to create price discovery from the get-go. And we, we as a team, you know, we don't know. We don't know what the price should be. We'll find out next week. So yeah. um, this is um, this is as exciting for for us as it is uh, for everybody else. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So okay. So like the answer to the question is it'll be emergent. Like we'll find out. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think maybe maybe one dimension to add, which is important, is that it's not actually about the price. So. The, the thing is, as you say, right, there's, there's, there's inflation happening. Mm-hmm. And the inflation obviously means that um, it pushes the price down. But what happens is, um, given that the um, people who stake actually get rebased, mm-hmm. so there's a rebase that takes place every eight hours, which means that if you are staking, um, you actually get you know, fresh klima into, into, your, into your wallet every eight hours, which means that uh, first of all, you're auto-compounding your position, mm-hmm. but you're also, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if the price goes down because you're rewarded with the additional amount of currency in your wallet. Okay. So it's kind of a, yep. you know, volatility dampened um, scenario more than that right. it is like, you know, pegged or um, anything like that. So how do you induce demand into the Klima token? Like if it is a currency, like the treasury of uh, of climate DAO sequestering carbon credits from the voluntary markets, uh, that will be easier if you can induce demand into the climate token. Is there a plan to like induce demand somehow? Yeah, so that's exactly what Axos was talking about. Is like the staking rewards are basically the long term APYs of, of you know four four digit plus basically. Like mm-hmm. that's like the whole incentive in Olympus, right? Like it's to stake because. Um, by you staking and me staking, we're basically contributing to pulling liquidity off the market and basically into this staking pool, and then you know further um, you know increasing demand while not having supply enough supply for, right. for the actual token. Um, and Klima basically operates in exactly the same way; like it's it's entirely designed to to do so. And once you have that, you basically because if you look at stats, just like raw stats from Olympus, for instance, eighty five percent of people are staking. 15% actually exists on the open market uh, or in various pools for whatever people are doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's actually not a whole lot to purchase, which means that, you know, the purchasing power every time someone does is, um, you know, is, is always increasing and, and pushing price up. And the same is true here. Like, you know, we want to incentivize staking under the same rewards to basically make sure that you have uh, this incentive to hold for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So here, here's my concern with that. Um, and this is like a, a model almost all, I think every single crypto asset largely operates on the same, like every single crypto asset is a Ponzi game. 
Bitcoin started the Ponzi game. There's 21 million units because they're incentive to, to hold because they're scarce. That people hold them and, and then the price goes up because people hold hoard them. And then at some point people start to sell because it's a Ponzi game. Meaningfully different from a Ponzi scheme, which is that like somebody's actually getting a rug pull. No one rug pulls with Bitcoin. It's a Ponzi game that we're all playing. And like one of the big criticisms uh, that I've, I've heard about... Um, algorithmic stable coins of which I know like uh, Olympus DAO is not, but, and, and therefore Klima DAO is also not, but like one of the big criticisms of uh, like algorithmic stable coins is that there's like this, they are, they are a Ponzi game with like too short of a loop. Right. And so when I, when I ask like, how do you guys induce demand uh, there's internal demand, which is what you guys have just illustrated, but there's also external demand. And that external demand in, in my mind is what like makes these things long-term sustainable. Because if you have value capture going to all these people who are staking and like by that you are incentivizing people to buy off the secondary market in order to stake, in order to capture value, it turns it into a Ponzi game. Because the more people that participate, like if you got in first and if you got in earlier than everyone else, it turns into a game of chicken as like, all right, like, are you gonna sell? Are you going to sell? Who's going to sell first? And it turns into like, like you know, the, the price can only go up so much before people start to like all collectively, you know, tap out and play chicken and then they sell all their profits. And then it turns in, while it was like recursive and reflexive on the way up, it might be reflexive on the way down. Have you guys thought about this? Yeah, this is actually, so this is a, one of my favorite points to talk about the, cool. the forever Ponzi game idea because <laughs> uh, rightfully so like you know exactly as you described like we're all just playing a ponzi game and, and who's ever selling first is mm-hmm. kind of on the way up that being said things are a little bit different yeah it may appear as a ponzi on the outside in, in the case of olympus and klima because yeah stakers are getting perpetually rewarded for what but what's underpinning the entire thing is bonds so bonds in the form of basically i come with a certain amount of currency i pay for klimas at a discount and in exchange I get Klimas after a certain period of time, or I get Ohms after a certain period of time. So what ends up happening is you have this mechanic called 1-1, one, one, or basically where I bond and, and someone else bonds, and then staking is considered a 3-3, three, three, um, basically ga- the game theory mechanic that, that re- revolves around that. And and selling is considered a negative three action, right? So if we both sell negative three, negative three, like the, you know, the, the protocol basically dwindles as a result, and, and there's no like, you know, positive um, income there, like, loop there so what ends up happening is bonds bonds basically take this whole thing away and, that, and that's and that's not where it so the stakers aren't just getting rewarded for the sake of staking like they're not just, these these rewards aren't getting generated out of thin air they're getting generated out of bonds and so if bonds basically trade at a premium slightly below the market and what that really is it's the protocol paying users for particular things in, in exchange for assets so in the case of you know olympus they pay users for die at a discount off the market and say we'll give you ohms but you want give us die so we can put it in our treasury and so like let's say ohm is trading for 300 dollars, and they offer a 10 percent discount that means that person can buy it you know um they can buy it for 270 bucks from the protocol and after five days they'll have the ohm so what that really does is it gives the treasury 270 dollars to then issue 270 more ohm so they actually purchased die at a discount from the user and the user is basically this is and this is how the whole idea of intrinsic treasury value and risk-free value emerges as well is basically um over time so intrinsic value is fundamentally the idea that one ohm is worth one die in the case of klima it's one klima is worth one base carbon ton 
over time, you then basically have this, the more people purchase bonds, you have this over collateralization that kind of occurs. You have so many assets in the treasury that if everyone pulled out their own at the same time, they would get a certain amount of money uh, based on like basically a run on the bank, right? So if everyone decided I'm going to sell ohms for whatever, um, then, then you look at the risk-free value. And the risk-free value is how many assets exist in the treasury per ohm that exists in circulation. So in the case of, I think the last figure that I looked at was about $26, meaning that for every ohm that exists, there's 26 assets that back it. And, and this basically means that there is a floor fundamentally on, on what you're doing. And this just grows with time. Like you just look, you look at the charts and you can, see, you can see the same thing. So this is kind of what prevents it as a Ponzi because a Ponzi implies that if everyone pulled their money out at the same time, somebody would be a loser and get nothing. In this case, everyone gets something and it's, you know, slightly more than what it originally is. And, and the same is true here. Like you will get something <laughs> and that something is you'll get a certain amount of carbon tons. And those carbon tons have value, you know, across the board in terms of other ecosystems. Lots of NFT artists are trying to do carbon offsetting. You have organizations that are working on, you know, carbon offsetting uh, Bitcoin as a protocol, like there's a whole host of things that are emerging on chain. Um, very recently, like this year, almost like January was kind of like the, the, really the kickstart for a lot of this. And it's just, it's growing with time. Like you have more and more people who are working on all sorts of things. So in the same instance, while it may appear as a Ponzi on the outside, what it really is, is it, you have to look at the risk-free value of the treasury. And once you understand that, then you say, okay, my, you know, my Klima trades at this much, I can get this many tons if something bad happens. And fundamentally, you're never go, you're, there is no chance of you ever being on the losing end of a Ponzi. Because on a Ponzi, like, there's a very real chance that you, you end up with nothing, right? Like, and that's not the case in, in Olympus Dow or Klima. But I would agree with your point, like creating external demand for this is obviously like our long-term goal, right? And it's yeah. certainly increasing the resilience of the whole system, right? And we can see this like very much playing into like the other happy DeFi protocols that are all out there. And, you know, I can't wait to get a loan uh, out of, you know, my Klima tokens at like Aave or whatever, or, you know, use it as collateral in MakerDAO or, you know, you name it. So I think at the beginning, right, we, we, we're here to, you know, prove a point. We're here to establish a new currency that is backed by something that we actually care about and that actually has a real impact on, on our planet. And if we can turn this into a sustainable model, you know, we can adjust the, the staking rewards. And, you know, this has happened in, in, in Olympus now as well. So um, this, is, this is a protocol that has very much the, you know, the control over their financial or like the monetary policy. And we can tweak it to, you know, be functioning on different levels, you know, mm -hmm. and achieving different objectives and um, going more towards stability in, in the long run, while maybe want, we want to incentivize as many carbon tons to be locked up in the protocol at the beginning. So um, getting, getting, you know, getting Klima in, into other protocols as quickly as possible. Yes, please, right? Um, and that's why we're here. Uh, people learn about it and this is how connections happen in, in, in crypto. Is there a conversation to be had about these um, opt-in incentives? Uh, we, we talked about how the, there's this voluntary carbon market, which is news to me. So thank you for teaching me about that. Uh, and like, apparently these incentives, these social incentives are so strong that like it actually commits these companies to like align with their own pledges and like forces them into economic actions, uh, even though they're not legally bounded to these things. Is there some sort of conversation to be had about some sort of like opt-in social incentives 
to purchase the Klima DAO token. Like maybe that's like another like social signaling things like, hey, like look at my look at my open C. It's got all these cool NFTs. Oh, and then also that same wallet has a balance of like Klima tokens because I'm a good Samaritan who wants to sequester carbon from the world. Is there a conversation to be have about about that? If I could jump in real quick on this just to, to point out um, one consideration. I think the social contract is a big part of the value of carbon, but there's other price pressures as well, and some of them are also regulatory. Mm. Uh, so just as an example, in the Colombian uh, carbon tax system, uh, essentially companies have to source offsets that come from domestic projects in Colombia, and a lot of these are actually coming from the voluntary carbon market. Mm. What that in effect has done is it's actually raised the price floor for different types of forest conservation projects that are coming from that region on the voluntary carbon market, right? And so I think one of the, the, the beautiful things about Klima uh, in terms of it, you know, being in the DeFi space is that there's a price, price pressure to really uh, you know, raise the value of BCTs that's not just coming from internal to, to the DeFi space. There's actually this an external market where there's a confluence of factors that are working to actually raise the price floor of, of carbon. And I think that's that's quite a unique thing um, that the Klima has to offer. And in, in terms of you know really incentivizing usage in the space, uh, you mentioned NFTs. I think the NFT artists have been absolutely massive over the last couple of months in really raising awareness about climate issues. And a lot of them are choosing to actually offset uh, you know the footprints of, of their NFTs. You know, as calculated, there's there's various groups that have looked at proof of work of Ethereum. And they've broken it down, uh, you know, thinking of, of groups like Carbon FYI, Throw Off Cetera, uh, CO2 can also did work in this space. And, you know, essentially the art is saying, okay, we're producing all these things. Let's take care of the carbon footprint. And, you know, a lot of their audience really appreciates that as well. And so then this leads us to say, okay, where else can Klima be integrated, right? I think there's huge potential that if we're talking about building this next generation financial infrastructure, Let's do it from the beginning with the planet in mind. And, and that's really the opportunity here is that because we're building this token in the DeFi space that's backed by carbon, we can really easily integrate uh, you know, this, this, this carbon infrastructure. You know, the dream would be uh, Aave or you know, other platforms like this, but you can really you know, see where the potential is there. Totally. totally. But I like the idea of like having it as like a you know, signaling, signaling kind of thing, right? I, I totally agree with you. I think. Um, you know, public blockchains have have this strong power of actually, you know, I think I think climate actions should be the status symbol of the 21st century. And this gives us all the tools to be to do that. Very cool. So uh, guys, uh, tell me about the roadmap. What's next? So short term, we've got so we had IDO was a few weeks ago. Short term, we got the LVP coming up Tuesday. It's going to be a three day event, 14th to 17th. Uh, IDO initial Discord offering. So basically, everyone in yeah, Discord <laughs> was people had a chance to purchase an NFT that gives them a claim to Klimas that get airdropped to them later, um, and then they got a cool NFT out of it. But also, they get tokens at an early price, and this mm -hmm. also in turn basically allows us to bootstrap the liquidity bootstrapping pool. Because right. that requires up which which capital. was the LBP the, the this On is a, ba a balancer mm -hmm. liquidity bootstrapping pool. Which Correct, uh, exactly. bankless listeners will remember. That's how we sold our T-shirts once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. cool. Yeah, same same, same concept. And we're you know working with Alchemist and McKinney 
um, copper launch team to, to make sure that that goes off smoothly. So that's the next short-term thing. After that, like once we have all that done and squared away, it's going to be launch of the protocol. So it's, we've been live on testnet since like June. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can already test it on Matic Mumbai if you want to. Um, just ping me, I'll send you some tokens. It's super easy. Nice. And then, um, so then we'll basically launch the entire protocol on Matic like mainnet, so Polygon. Mat- this is how old I am. I remember it as Matic, not Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> that ha- it has been a while. Yeah. It's, a, it's a habit that I cannot. Hopefully, I cannot you bought kill. some Matic at the time. But yeah, yeah. I, believe me, that, that was like the biggest regret. I bought enough that I was like, oh, like I'll never have to like worry about deploying contracts ever again. I never really saw it as like a, um, a financial you know, asset. A financial right? asset. I'm right. like, oh, this is just really cool. I could use it. So yeah, this is my my engineer coming out, but. Um, so yeah, so, the, so then Matic Mainnet is coming out and then that's where everything's ready to go. And then we'll have, you know, staking will be live on, on day one. Bonds will be live on day one. So the whole protocol goes up and up and running at the same time. Whereas Olympus, they basically released the token first and then they released everything that they were working on. We have the benefit of basically being able to do um, all of that at once because it's already been built and we're working on like a number of other things. So like CO2 conference is building a permissionless uh, carbon bridge. That's almost ready. Um, and that's like that'll be deployed as well. So people will be able to bring their tonnage from Vera on themselves, or they can have someone do it for them. Like there's a whole bunch of you know routes there that we can help people move their stuff on chain and basically benefit from all the crazy stuff that's happening in DeFi. Um, and that's and that's like kind of the short term, like the next few months. Longer term, like we talked about this quite extensively, but um, compliance market. So we talked at the very beginning. We talked about voluntary markets, like Vera Gold Standard. This is where people opt into this incentive to to do something great about the plan. And this is where, you know, all the big companies, um, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, whoever, whoever you are, that you make a carbon pledge to and say like, we're going to be carbon neutral by whatever, you're operating in the voluntary market. There's a whole other side of the market, which is called compliance. And I'm going to totally butcher this. Diagnosis <laughs> knows this way better than I do, but um, fundamentally that's like state level actors, right? Under the Paris agreement, they basically are, are trading compliance certificates on, you know, Canada has to do this much emission reduction based on its alignments and they trade with France or they trade with, you know, the States or, or somewhere else. And they, and this, this whole side of the market has a different categorization, different level of ruling and regulation. And, and to Dianese's point, like by influencing the voluntary market, this also gives us an opportunity to influence the compliance market. But longer term, we also want to build, and we have a bunch of partners in the pipeline too for this as well, but we want to basically build the same types of DeFi bridge ecosystem tools for the compliance market. So people can then enter and, and participate in this much more um, distributed and fair market that that emerges as a result. So if we prove the voluntary one, it's very easy for us to then just push into the, the compliance one, which is much bigger, and we can actually have like a significant impact on everybody's commitments to not just at a company or corporate, like you know, social level, but also at like a, a regulatory level. Like if you signed the Paris Agreement and you agreed to reduce your emissions by twenty percent, and suddenly the price of carbon is so expensive, you're gonna have to do something about it. Quick just tip add, on that too. Go ahead. Uh, so I was just going to say, you know, um, the the carbon market in the European system, it's the European Emissions Trading System. Uh, it's been one of the best performing commodities in the past year, and the Australian carbon compliance market uh, it just reached an all time high. And I just point that out because you know the carbon market itself, the, the voluntary carbon market, uh, could be worth you know fifty billion by twenty thirty. Um, and so you know this is why having exposure to this market and bringing that exposure. To DeFi users is so exciting for us. 
Right. Yeah. So this is not just necessarily like a voluntary feel good for participating. This like actually has like raw economic upside exposure incentives as well. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who is in the space is right now buying up supply and it's mm -hmm. like, there's already, you know, we can all see, already see like a supply crunch because people understand that, you know, buying now while the price is still cheap is a really smart move. And um, yeah, so I think this is, you know, this is really, and it's frustrating because it's quite a gated market. Uh, it's not easy to get to, to get access, especially it's not as an individual. So, you know, this is happening behind closed doors and like giving everybody the, the possibility to participate and like, you know, hedging also with, uh, by having exposure on carbon. I think this is, I think this is something that hasn't been done yet in, in crypto. Guys, are you familiar with the, the whole Mo, uh, slaying Moloch meme that we talk about on Bankless every now and then? No. Oh, oh gosh, guys. Oh, Unfortunately, man. Okay. no. Fill us in. Yeah, okay. So, so Moloch is the god of human coordination failure. Uh, and uh, I mean, climate change is like one of the core examples of this, right? Like everyone knows that we should stop like ruining the climate, but no one wants to actually do it themselves. They want everyone else to do it. Uh, and so it never happens, right? Like there's all these coordination failures, like uh, the the negative externalities of capitalism is a coordination failure. Uh, there's a bunch of co coordination failures. And so Moloch is is like this representative God that we've kind of memed into existence. It came from this uh, Slate Star Codex blog called Meditations on Moloch. Um, and like it was something I talk about with Kevin Awaki all the time is that like crypto is brand new coordination infrastructure to help solve coordination failures, right? So climate change, one of the biggest coordination failures, may, hopefully we can use um, these coordination tools that we have, which are DAOs are very uh, uh, significant part of, and like tokens as well. Um, Ethereum and smart contracts, these are all coordination tools. Um, and so my, my, I think my final question for you guys is, uh, since you guys don't know the, the Moloch meme, I'll leave the Moloch side out of it, but you guys should definitely go listen to the Slang Moloch episode on, on Bankless. Um, we will. Like, give, us, give us the the maximally successful version of the future for Klimadao. Like 5, 10, 20 years from now, Klimadao is everything you guys envision it to be. What does it look like? What has it done? And how is the world different? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm sure everyone has their own view of it. Um, but I, like in my view, like long-term, it's basically... Carbon price has appreciated to such a point that it's a uh, it's like a luxury good. Like if you're buying carbon offsets, you're you're paying for something that is truly a premium product, and otherwise you're just completely incentivized to just be better, right? Like the the whole coordination mechanism that you're talking about, like coordination failure, is because there's like a cheap opt out, right? Like opt, opt out, you can just not have you know pollution problems by just paying your way out of it, which is totally not fair for for the people who actually are doing something like significantly valuable. Um, so long-term, like that's basically it. It's like, we've coordinated, we've solved this. And at this point, like we've created a whole ecosystem that revolves around regenerative capitalism rather than exploitive capitalism, right? Like building a whole currency on the premise that it's backed by regenerative actions. That's, that's like the future I want to see. It's going to be super cool. Yeah. And I just want to add to this, like, you know, if we really think this to, to the end, like we have the choice of the currency we use. And if we get Klima to a point where it's, you know, operating as a stable currency that is really collateralized by the things that we care about. And we're starting with carbon, but, you know, it's really just because it's a proxy for a lot of like ecosystem uh, services, you know, biodiversity is something that we definitely want to see um, getting more attention also in the future. And, 
this is something that Kimono can also incorporate in, in the future. So having this money, which is essentially uh, turned the social contract uh, on its head and by, you know, just agreeing, the more utility the currency has, the, the, the higher its value, right? So if we get people to adopt Klima also as like a, a, a currency and like if we, the more people decide to hold and huddle uh, in Klima, this means that it's creating essentially the sink the sinks for all these environmental assets. Um, so yeah, this is probably dreamland um, and won't happen in the next five years. But um, yeah, I think that would be that would be incredibly exciting if we actually establish a new currency that is uh, underpinned by different economics. One one of the things that uh, Oxlos brought up early on in our meetings together uh, is that you know Klimadao could really democratize access to climate finance uh, for users, and I think that's something that everyone's uh, really has an affinity for, and we realize the potential of that, which is super exciting. And I think Klimadao itself is just a testament to the type of amazing collaboration that can happen in the DeFi space. We each were working at disparate groups. We had various backgrounds. You know, we, there was some overlap in carbon markets or DeFi, but we realized there's, there's just a huge synergy potential by working together and producing this. Um, and that's really what's happened. So, you know, long term, I would love to see Klima really catalyze finance and accelerate the price pressure on the carbon market, really make these companies have to reduce their emissions, um, you know, and just restore ecosystems around the world. There's so much potential, if you really think about it, of working together with crypto, you know, pooling capital together and then developing carbon projects. Absolutely, I think that's something that Klima could be a part of in the future. And uh, it's extremely exciting to think about. And just like one thing to add, right? We we have a, an incredible community already in Discord with like, I think it's over 2000 users now that are, you know, crypto users that are educating themselves about like, climate change and like how we can tackle it. And I think we shouldn't underestimate the role of, you know, a group that is basically focused around like climate action and crypto and like, educating ourselves and creating new tools and experimenting with new ways of, you know, driving finance to where it's needed. So um, one last thing is, you know, come into the Discord and we have office hours twice a week. We've been doing this for like a couple of months now. So people come in uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday, you can just hop into the Discord and there, uh, and we're, we're there, we answer questions, we, you know, um, and we educate ourselves about this topic. So I think there's a big gap there and if we can be a part of filling this gap, like this is something that, um, yeah, this is something that I, we, you know, is really important and is really core to this. Well, guys, this is uh, one such a fantastic project. I'm, I'm so glad we got connected by, uh, by our mutual friend, Chaz. Um, and so I just want to say that uh, when I first got into crypto, it was problems like these that got me just like, you know, into this whole crypto thing. And like, uh, as we got into this whole crypto thing, like we kind of got a little bit distracted by like, you know, all these like DeFi tokens, financial assets and de decentralized finance is important, right? You guys are a part of decentralized finance, but like it's some of these like grander problems that like nation states aren't necessarily big enough to solve themselves that we need some sort of better global coordination infrastructure. And so like seeing projects like like Klimadao come out of this is like, oh yes, this is like, let's return to like some of the original, like, you know, dreams that we had back in 2015, 16, 17, about like how crypto can, can truly change the world. And Oxalis, you said like, uh, maybe like this isn't gonna happen in five years, maybe that's a dream. But uh, I mean, in crypto we dream, man.
Like that's yeah, what please we prove do. me wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so like, <laughs> no, I could, uh, 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 out, like it's tackling a problem that's bigger than nation states. And so, uh, the, the magnitude of what this could become, I hope is also bigger than the nation states. So like Oxilo said, um, We'll have the uh, the links to both the website and the Discord in the show notes. Um, obviously, you guys want engaged community members, but is there any more like precise call to action about like who you want or what you guys need help with over at the DAO? Join the LBP on Tuesday. I was super stoked to watch that and participate where you think is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a lot of people that have been reaching out to us who aren't crypto natives, which is really cool to see. Um, that are like just climate natives and they're like, Oh, like I'm working on this carbon project. It's, you know, certified under Vera standard, blah, blah, blah. Can I bring it to clean And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we're, and we're starting to, you know, coordinate all sorts of people who are, who have never really experienced DeFi in a profound way, but they understand climate really well. And they're like, okay, this is like something that I can finally you know, tap into. So yeah, hundred percent, anyone, it's not just, you know, you know, crypto people, it's now climate people too, that they really want to get involved. Cool. Guys, any last comments or last words you want to add before we uh, sign off here? I just want to say really appreciate the opportunity here. And, and David, thanks for all you do for the crypto community. Oh, hey, hey thanks. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, cheers. Cheers, guys. All right. Uh, all the listeners, you can find the links to the Discord and website in the show notes. And uh, if you guys have any more questions about Dow, go into the Discord because it sounds like that's where these guys are. Guys, thanks for joining me on this uh, Meet the Nation. Thank you. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.